Welcome again to The Compass, the podcast ministry of Calvary Baptist Church of Fanville, Arkansas. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue our journey through God's Word. Now, on today's podcast, I have the opportunity of sharing another message in our series, The Seven Churches of Revelation. But before we get to that, let me invite you to come and worship with us at Calvary Baptist Church. We're located at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you have any questions about the church, you can find information at calvaryfayetteville.com, email us at info at calvaryfayetteville.com, or give us a call at 479-442-4634. Again, I have the opportunity to share from Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, as we look at the revitalized church and its need to be awake. Let's listen together. Let me invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. That's going to be our text for this morning. And as Pastor Kirk does each week, let me reference our Pew Bible. It's page 1029, so it's close to the very back of your Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, we always invite you to take one of those Pew Bibles home with you. Because we here at Calvary believe that God's Word is the rule for our life and practice and faith, and it is important that we all have a Bible. Now, one of the the great things, and I don't know if you have one on your cell phone or your iPad, but uh, the version is a fantastic option uh, for you if you're looking for that Bible app to have. It's very simple, and most importantly, it's free. And that's always important to me because I'm cheap, as my wife would tell you. Um, It is important for us to to look at God's Word. Today we're going to be continuing our series on the seven churches of Revelation. We found ourselves in a place where Pastor Kirk had just finished up his series on matters of the heart. February is over. So as Pastor Kirk said last week, make sure that I hope that you took opportunity to make sure that those people in your life know that you love them and that you care about them. And because February is an easy time to do that, because you can buy them candy, you can find them hearts and stuffed things, and all sorts of things like that. But next week, we're going to be looking at the message from the upper room as we lead toward Easter. And Pastor Kirk just said, all right, Dan, whatever you'd like to preach. And I thought, great. Again, I have another opportunity. We are actually on church number five. It's possible we may finish this before the end of 2022, and so I'm excited. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 is where we'll be looking, and we're going to be focusing in on this idea that it is time to wake up. Now, since the last time that I spoke from the platform, I finished my last class toward my doctor of ministry. So that means I have finished 24 hours of my doctoral studies Uh, which includes tons of paper and even more reading, now begins the hard work. So over this next year, I'll be researching, I'll be reading, I'll be writing, uh, all work towards my dissertation and my ministry project. And during this time, in previous and the days ahead, I've learned a great deal about our church as well as about church revitalization. And it's been a meaningful and a challenging time for me as I've stepped through these things. Now, I love the time when I can go up there to to Kansas City and to be around others that share similar concerns, and we have conversations about that, but that's such a very small window of what I've been doing. Um, uh, The rest is all about the reading and the writing. 
So some interesting facts. I don't know if you're aware, but Calvary Baptist Church is 91 years old. In less than a decade, we will celebrate our 100th anniversary as a church. I didn't know that until I began this process. I knew that it was several years old. Um, I didn't know that, that until I began this process and while we've had other locations here in Fayetteville. God has providentially placed us in this neighborhood at this time. It's with that understanding that we move forward as a church. Understanding that the people that God has placed us in proximity to are the people that he wants us to minister to, to love on, and to make sure that they know that Jesus loves and cares about them. Now, as I've stated before, Revelation 2 and 3 are passages that deal with this subject of church revitalization. In these two chapters of Revelation, churches are praised, condemned, and encouraged to change. And the great need for awareness in our church um, for and the need for church revitalization is modeled as Jesus points out both the high and low points of each one of these churches. So I want us to quickly go back over these other churches because this hasn't just happened last week. It was a, uh, several weeks ago when we were last, last one. So the first church that Jesus addressed was uh, through the Apostle John in the book of Revelation was the church at Ephesus. There Jesus shared that the church needed to return to its first love. There were good things that they had been doing, but they needed to fix where they were at. They needed to point their hearts toward Jesus. And we learned this truth. A revitalized church is a church that loves God wholeheartedly. The second church that Jesus shared or addressed was the church at Smyrna. And Jesus shared, do not fear. He wanted to encourage them as they were about to face very difficult times. We learned the truth that a revitalized church is a church that places faith over fear. Now, this has been a hard time, a hard time for all of us. Some of us have been very fearful. Others have wondered, why is everybody afraid? But the, there has been an atmosphere of fear throughout our society. What we need to understand that God wants us as a congregation to place faith over fear. Last, uh, last time when we looked at the third church that Jesus addressed in Revelation, the, that was the church at Pergamon. We saw the truth that a revitalized church is a church that embraces the truth of God's word. And we've talked about that before. How do we do that? Well, we have a great uh, pastor who preaches weekly and preaches the truth to us and shares those things. But we also learn about God's Word through the Gospel Project, our Sunday school time. We learn about God's Word through faithful men and faithful women. And then the many of you embrace God's Word on a daily basis as you read and study. There are all sorts of programs and opportunities out there, but a revitalized church is a church that embraces the truth of God's Word. Then when we talked about the church, the fourth church, we looked at the church at Thyatira, and we learned this truth, that a revitalized church is a church that perseveres through the difficult times. We'll talk a little bit about those statistics again, but as we know, many people have decided that church is just not that important, that they have moved on to other things that are bigger priority in their life. And so that many churches have experienced a decline of 40% during these days of COVID-19. People have just said, it's, it's not worth my time, it's not worth my energy. But here I'm preaching to the choir, so to speak. 
Preaching people who believe and know that God's word, God's church, God's people, those are important things, and you're here worshiping today. Today we're going to look at the church at Sardis. I want us to see and understand that a revitalized church is a church that is awake. Now, what does that mean? Well, we're going to look at that over the next few minutes. But first, let me share that this passage is perhaps one of the most pointed texts we'll find on the concept of church revitalization. You hear me mention that a lot, revitalization, renewal. It delves into the idea of bringing new life to something that is dead or that is dying. A church that is on the decline is a church that is in need of revitalization. There are basically three points of most churches. There's an incline, there's a plateau, and there's a decline. And we work around those things. We work within those things to see God glorified because that's what the church is all about, bringing glory to God and fulfilling the mission that he has called us to. Our mission here is to love God and make disciples. You see it every time you walk in that center door. That is what Calvary is to be about. So we want to look at the truth that a revitalized church needs to be awake. Now, let me say that today's message may not be a feel-good message for you, but it's one that we need to walk through. We need to be aware of where we're at as a congregation, who we are as a people, who we are individually. We have to take time to do that if we want to move forward as a body of believers. So let's look at our text. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. <coughs> there the Bible says this, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And what does that mean? It's referring to Jesus. The idea of seven is an idea of completion, that Jesus is sufficient. He is complete. He is the Holy One. And he's sharing this message to what would be the pastor of the church in Sardis. He says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy." The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how you love us and care for us. And you give us instruction and you give us exhortation. And you give us correction when we need it. Father, I just ask in these next moments, help us to understand the truth of your word. Help us to embrace it as we move forward as a congregation here in Fayetteville. We want to love on our neighbors and our neighborhood. And we can only do it with your help. Forgive us where we fail you in Christ and we pray. Amen. Well, over the last two years, and it has been two years this month, that all of this craziness started. 
I didn't, I was sat and thought about that, and then just in a couple of weeks, we'll hit that two-year mark anniversary, because Pastor Kirk was gone the Sunday right before everything went crazy. He was off on a family vacation, he was spending time with people, and then all of a sudden, as they came back from that cabin over in the Mountain View area, all of a sudden, things were different. We didn't meet as a congregation. We didn't do a lot of the things that we've done. And a lot of things have not returned to that same point yet. But it's hard to imagine that it's been two years. Yesterday, I was up here with the Burns. They were getting their classes set, and we went to the women's classroom and looked at some of the coffee that was sitting in the corner. Okay, It had a Best Buy date of 2016 was one of them. Those probably need to be thrown out before, but some of them were 2018, and some of them were 2020, and I just thought to myself, how is this possible? But there was a year where just things didn't happen, and we've slowly stepped back into a lot of the different ministry things that are going on here at Calvary, and we will continue to step back into those things as God provides the right people as we move forward. But the one thing that, that we've learned in church leader circles is the word pre-COVID and the phrase pre-COVID. I've shared it before. You know, the, the question inevitably arises, whether it's in the, uh, my group of friends that I've met at seminary, well, what's your church like? What, well, pre-COVID, we were running this amount, and here we are now at this point. And we have those same descriptions here. Pre-COVID, we were around 110 to 125 in that range. Post-COVID, we are not at that same point. Sometimes we're at 60 or in the 50s to the 70s in that range as well. So how do we do that? What do we do? Well, we have to be aware of what's happening in our church and what's happening around. So I've shared before, around 40% of churchgoers decided the church attendance was not important enough to invest in. And we are calling this the death of cultural Christianity. Those that just go to church because it's the right thing to do. What we need to understand is that God has called us to meet and to gather. And again, I'm preaching to the choir. These are, you are the people that know that it's important, know that gathering together is important. But there are many that are in, have been in our circles. There are many in our communities that have not persevered during the difficult times. Simple thing and simple truth is we have work to do here. We have choices to make about who we are going to be as a people. Are we going to heed the warnings and exhortations of Revelation 2 through 3? Are we headed to a day when we simply close our doors because of the decline? I look to a hopeful future. I look ahead to a day when we'll be focused in on our community in a greater way. I look ahead to a day when our nursery will be full again and our auditorium will be buzzing with life. I look forward to a day when that baptistry behind me is used not just on a monthly basis, but a weekly basis. But we have to submit ourselves to what God wants in our lives for Him to bless in that way. Now, to get to the point that we want to be at, what I hope to see us at, we must look into the exhortations of Scripture and apply them to where we're at. Revelation 2 and 3 through 3 gives us that type of direction. Again, as we look at the church at Sardis, 
revitalized church, a renewed church, a church that is bringing life back into itself is a church that is awake. Now, over the four, past four messages, we've utilized a familiar pattern. And I've talked about it, and you may have written it down somewhere. There's commendation, there's condemnation, there's correction and consequences. And I'm sure that that four things was probably written out by a Baptist preacher because it's alliterated with all the C's. Condemnation, or commendation, condemnation, correction, and consequences. However, when you try to apply that same structure to the passage that we've read today, you end up with some trouble. Because as Jesus, through John, addresses the issues of the church at Sardis, he starts with what sounds and reads like a commendation, a good thing at first. You have a good reputation. However, most scholars would agree that this isn't a pat on the back. While having a good reputation is important for the believer, reputation is all about what others think. It's about perception rather than reality. I can have the reputation of being a good husband, but Temple will tell you the truth. Am I a good husband or not? So reputation is that outside view. Hopefully my reputation matches that reality, but that was definitely not the case here. So you can still apply commendation, condemnation, correction, and consequences to this passage as you read and study it for yourself, but you will have to do it without that first one. There's no real commendation for the people of Sardis. With that in mind, we approach this passage a little differently. We'll see what the awake church is all about and how that applies to us here at Calvary. Remember, a revitalized church is a church that is awake. It's easy for us to fall asleep. As I've gotten older, I'll sit in my chair and I'll start a TV show. My wife will say, go to bed, Dan. Start a movie, and all of a sudden I've slipped off. Now, that's normally not the case. I'm a late-night person, but inevitably I'll start to nod off and I'll hear my wife. And it is easy for us to fall asleep, for us to be comfortable, for us to just say, okay, I'm fine with the way things are. But God is calling us to be awake. So as we step through this passage, I want us to look at three different ways that uh, the awake, awake church looks. Now, the awake church understands, first of all, their current situation. If we look back in um, chapter 3 of Revelation, verse, well, it's verse 1, the second part. It says, I know your works, you have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And then in verse 2, it gives us that command, that urging, that exhortation, wake up. <laughs> and it carries on through most of this. But the awake church understands their current situation. The church at Sardis was living off of their reputation. Again, I want to speak very openly and very honestly with you. I've lived in northwest Arkansas for big chunks of my life. I spent a decade in Texas while I was spending time getting my master's degree at our seminary in Jacksonville, Texas. But other than that, I've been up here. When I was in high school, I thought of Calvary as this great, wonderful church. And it, by all outward appearances, it was. It had a great reputation. 
Did I know what was happening day in and day out? No, but I saw what was happening. You guys had a gym. And for those of us in the in late 80s and a high school student, I'm like a church that has a gym. They have a great reputation. Things are great, going great, gangbusters, everything's wonderful. But the church at Sardis was just living off of that reputation. I think back when I was in high school again, in the years that follow, Calvary was always full and life was happening. Wonderful things were happening here. That was the reputation. It had a great reputation in my mind. Let's look at the church at Sardis. They were living off of that reputation. It said that you had a reputation of being alive, that there were great things that were happening there, great and glorious things that were going on. <coughs> but the truth is, they weren't. The church at Sardis was struggling and was called dead. Jesus himself, we need to understand this, who's expressing this message. It is Jesus. And he says to the church at Sardis, you are dead. So the church at Sardis was living off of their reputation. They were struggling and they were actually dead. The church at Sardis had fallen asleep to their current situation. So what do we understand as a church here at Calvary? Where are we at as a congregation? One of the things that, that I've learned over these last couple of years, is, and even before I started my classes at Midwestern, is that we will often not see what's happening within our own church. If our friends are still connected to the church, we may, as a congregation, may have shrunk, but, well, our people are still there, so it doesn't feel like things have shrunk. The simple truth is that we have declined. There is no denying that just by sheer numbers. Now, understand this isn't all about numbers, but we must realize that it's an indicator of some things that have happened. So what do we understand as a church here at Calvary? Well, by numbers, we have declined. There are things that may need to change. They're about our ministry and about where we're headed. But we've got to make sure that we stay focused on what God wants. And that's what Pastor Kirk has been leading us to do. Stay focused on God's Word, focused on what He wants, and we will do that. So have we fallen asleep to the reality of our situation here at Calvary? I don't know. I, I see that very real way because this is my life. I come to church on Sunday, and then I'm here at the church in the office, and I see those numbers. I see the reality of who we are and what's going on. This may be a part of your life rather than the, re, the totality of it. But God has called us all not to fall asleep to the reality of a situation. Are we willing to acknowledge that we are not the same as we were five years ago when I first came, 10 years ago when Pastor Kurt came, 15 or even 20 years ago? This is a different church, a different congregation. We need to be awake to that situation. We need to be awake to what God is doing here now and areas that we might need to change to reach and to love on those around us. The awake church understands their current situation. The second thing that we need to see is that the awake church remembers and repents. <clears throat> In verse 3, it says, remember then what you received and heard, keep it and repent. If you'll not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I come against you. Well, the church at Sardis had been taught good, true, and right things. 
They had learned the truth of Scripture. They had learned what Jesus wanted of them. And Jesus here is calling them to remember those things. The church at Sardis had received those right teachings. Now, the reason I bring that up is there's one thing for us to sit in a class and to learn some facts and to know some things, but when we receive truth, it changes us, it transforms us. There are Sundays when I listen to Pastor Kirk and I have been taught something good and I store that in my memory bank. There are Sundays when the Holy Spirit uses that truth, I receive it in a deeper way and I am transformed by that truth and then I live it out in the community. That's what I'm talking about. They had received the truth. They had received the word. They had been transformed by that. They had seen that truth. They had been transformed by that truth. But they had let those things just kind of fade away over time. The church at Sardis had received the right teachings. They had been taught good and true and right things. The church at Sardis needed to keep those things and to repent. So as we hear from Pastor Kirk on a weekly basis, or if, as you sit in a Sunday school class, or if you're involved in faithful men or faithful women, or if you're involved in a smaller Bible study group with one another, you need to not just see those things. You don't just need to learn something good. You need to receive that truth. Let it change you. And if you have known that, you need to remember that and repent from where you're at and turn back to that truth. When we do that, God is going to bless in big ways. What are some of the big lessons, some of the big truths that God has taught you over the years? What have you learned as a part of being a part of Calvary Baptist Church? God has taught you things. Remember those things. Repent from where you're at and turn to that truth, the truth of God's Word. Over the past five years, I've received great teaching from our pulpit from Pastor Kirk. But if I don't walk the word that I'm receiving, then it's worthless. God calls us to remember and repent. If we want to be a revitalized church, if we want to be a church that has a, a, a sense of renewal, a, a spirit of, of life, then it's important that we receive the word and we walk in that word. You've received and been taught by many others throughout the years. But are you following those teachings from Scripture? I think about the people that have passed away since I've been here. I think about the lessons that, that I've learned from them. And I know some of you have been here longer. And some of you have been in other churches before here. There have been men and women who have poured into your life, who have loved on you. Remember those things. Repent from where you're at and turn to those. It's time for us to repent and turn to God's Word for direction. So the awake church remembers and repents. The awake church understands their current situation. And finally, the awake church leads its people to victory. Now, the church at Sardis was pointed to find those that are still following and encourage them. The use of the white robes here indicates this idea of victory. And this was a community that was about textiles, and so there was no surprise that this was the image that they used here. These white robes that were significant to them. The church at Sardis was warned that those that Jesus 
warned that those that did not, those that did not come awake and weren't ready for him, Jesus would come against those as a thief in the night. But God has given us great victory. It's our responsibility as a church to point others to that. To point them to a relationship in Jesus Christ. It's not just a matter of, that's something we're supposed to do as Christians. That is the, the, the privilege that we're given. How many people are you talking to about Jesus? And I'm not talking about giving them a full gospel presentation, about hitting them over the head essentially with the gospel. But what do you talk about with friends outside of church? Do you talk to them about Jesus and about how he impacts your life? Maybe you need to take a step back from there. Is Jesus impacting your life? Is he molding and shaping the choices and decisions that you make? We, as a congregation, as a church, need to lead people to that victory that we have in him. We need to invest in the faithful, as 2 Timothy 2, 2 refers to. That we invest and we love on people, we show them those that are faithful men, we're giving them the word. If we lead others to faithfulness, they will have the opportunity to experience real victory and real joy. So let me kind of try to wrap up things with this. So how do we obey here at Calvary? What do we do to make sure that we are a awake church, not, not a woke church, but an awake church, one that is focused on what God wants, one that is seeing those things that we've talked about, that understands our current situation, that understands what we need to remember and repent, that we need to look to these different things. First of all, Calvary, we must open our eyes to our current situation. It's not enough for us to simply hunker down and to preach the Word. We need to continue to preach the Word. Don't, give me, don't mishear me. We must actively impact our community. We must be honest with ourselves about who we are. We have two great ministries that are actively impacting uh, the community that meet here on our campus on a weekly basis. Our Ozone, which is War Eagles' 365-day uh, program that meets here on our campus during the school year, and then our wet cement that's connected with Potter's House. But there is an opportunity for you to engage. If you want to volunteer at Wet Cement, there, that's an opportunity. But there are other things that you can and that we need to be involved with. God is calling us to love on the people immediately around our church. This is our mission field. Now, you have other mission fields. You have, well, if you work, that is a part of your mission field. If you have family, that's a part of your mission field. You have other responsibilities and other places that you can make an impact. Your neighborhood, those are your mission fields. But God has placed our church, given us the address of 1410 North Porter Road here in Fayetteville for this purpose, to love on the people that are right around us. So how are we doing that? What are we doing? Are we opening up our eyes to this? We must actively impact our community then we must be honest with ourselves and with who we are. It's easy for us to kind of close our eyes, put our blinders to the things that are happening around us, and to just kind of, I don't want to say lie to ourselves, but that's, that's what it boils down to. Everything's okay. It's not. There are lost people all around us. Northwest Arkansas continues to grow by leaps and bounds. Do we reflect our community? 
We don't. Age-wise and racially, we do not reflect the community that lives right around this church. We need to reach out in love to those right around us. Number two, Calvary, we must remember the truth that we've been taught and to live it out. God has called us to live out his word. It should shape every aspect of our life. <coughs> Excuse me. God's word needs to shape every aspect of our life. It's not about church and then about other things. Our relationship with God encompasses it all. The truth should permeate our lives and influence all of our decisions and all of our churches. Our, yes, all of our churches, but all of our choices is what I'm trying to spit out. It is important for us to understand that when I go to school, when I go to work, when I go to the community, my relationship with God and my investment in God's Word should be shaping everything. It's not, here's church, here's work, here's this, here's life, and God needs to be in control of every aspect of that. So we must remember the truth that we've been taught and live it out. And thirdly, Calvary, we must lead people to the victory that has already been won. We must evangelize the lost and disciple the saved. Again, when was the last time you spoke with somebody about Jesus? It's been too long for me. Anytime. We don't do it daily. It's too long. God has called us to talk to people about Jesus Christ and about their eternal state. Because if we really believe what we say we believe, wouldn't we be motivated to tell others? Simply out of a sense of obedience to what God has called us to. And then a realization that there are lost all around us who are going to die and go to hell. God is calling us to lead people to the victory that has already been won. He calls us to evangelize the lost and then to the disciple the saved. That's part of what faithful men and faithful women is all about. That's what our Sunday school time, even as we worship together, we're discipling one another in the truth of God's word. Our mission is clear as a church. We are to love God and to make disciples. Anything and everything else is extra. They're great ministries. But God has called us to evangelize the lost, to love God. Those are at the top of the list. It's our task, and it's our purpose. Ultimately, we need to wake up. We simply need to be awake and to embrace the mission that God has called us to. And I know that this last couple of years have been difficult. It's been hard to find our footing as believers and even as a church. But as we go forward, we need to realize and understand that that's a part of our past, but we can't stay in the past. We can't stay in the past in the times of hurting and difficulty. We can't stay in the past of oh, those glory days, of the wonderful days when when this church was buzzing with all sorts of activity and there are all sorts of things happening, we need to be focused in on God's Word and God's people. There are some really great things that are happening here. We have placed a high value on God's Word. And you have placed a high value on one another. What has Pastor Kirk told us before? That the things that we need to invest in are the things that are eternal. People eternal. God's word, eternal. Everything else is secondary. 
So let me just encourage you to spend some time with these thoughts on the, the church at Sardis and understand, am I awake to the reality of my situation? Am I awake to what God wants me to do? Are we awake as a congregation as we seek to impact Fayetteville and beyond? When we say yes to God, he's going to bless in big ways. Let's wake up to what he's calling us to do. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. We thank you. You're a great and glorious God and worthy of praise. And there are times when it is difficult and hard for us to, to understand what we need to do, but your word makes it pretty clear. I just ask that in the, the days ahead, that you will help us, help us to understand exactly what we need to do as a congregation. Father, just forgive us where we fail you. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our heart's desire is that you grow and understand the direction God has for you in your life. We hope that by listening today, you are one step closer to discovering that for yourself. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and are looking for a church to call your own, we invite you to reach out to us at Calvary as we study and serve together. We meet for worship at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you wish to find out more information about Calvary Church or simply contact us, you can do that through our Facebook page or at calvaryfayetteville.com. Until next time, remember that God, His Word, and His people can provide direction for life.